Protect the Rock is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Clemson tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is super easy to use, and we've already heard from listeners of this very podcast that they're using it, it's saving them money. So head to the Apple Store or Play Store to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. And we're going to enjoy this tonight, but on Friday, we're going to have another team meeting and we're going to get locked in on next year. Hey everyone, welcome to Protect the Rock, the Clemson podcast from The Athletic. I'm Nicole Auerbach. She's Grace Rayner. As always, we are here to break down another Clemson win. (laughs) I kind of missed you, Nicole. Last week we had CJ Spiller on, so we didn't get to... Hang out and talk about Taylor Swift. Oh, please. You love hanging out with CJ Spiller. It was I nice meant to ask to him a- about Taylor Swift. I, I should have. I forgot. Well, you got a break from me. It's fine. We talk all the time. So I understand. You know, I'm coming down with a cold. So maybe like over the airwaves, I could have given you something. You know, like. <laughs> just, just I did miss careful. you. But hey, you Aww. had a big day yesterday. Yeah. So I was, um, I, I did Big Ten Network studio stuff on Saturday. So I was telling you, like we had the. You know, we had the ACC and the Big 12 and SEC. You know, they had like two of the eight TVs at any given time. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I was, um, it was, it was interesting. It's like, you know, reacting live to stuff, which is different than like studio stuff and random TV hits I've done in the past. So it was fun. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. Well, you were, <laughs> you were covering a, uh, what seemed to be another kind of boring Clemson game. A real barn burner for sure. Man. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that because um, this is one of those games where I think a lot of people tune out early. Um, and it ends 59 to 7. Trevor Lawrence ends up a really nice day, 16 of 19, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Travis Etienne over 100 yards, three touchdowns. DeAndre Overton, I saw these live. He had some great catches, three catches, 119 yards, three touchdowns. Um, basically, everyone got three touchdowns if we want to look at these stat lines. Um, so so tell me, let's start with that offense and, and Trevor because we always have to check in on Trevor and people, for some reason, still think there's something wrong. I think he looks pretty good these days. I do too, yeah. I think that, and I wrote a, a little bit about this, that – it's been a couple of weeks of, um, I don't know if drama is the right word, but, you know, Trevor's been picked apart and Clemson has been very vocal about the polls and the big picture and, you know, feeling like people were attacking the offense when they shouldn't, et cetera, et cetera. It just felt like Saturday night was just a go in there. They played pretty much clo- as close to perfect, I would think, as, as you could think with this Clemson offense beat a team by 52 and sort of get back on on track and you know here here they are heading into the last month of the regular season yeah and I mean honestly like that it's basically he's been basically great since that first quarter of the Louisville game which by the way I don't hear any retroactive like takes about the fact that Louisville then beat Virginia and is a pretty good team and what Clemson did to them was not easy but just saying just saying the narratives saying. were already out there from the first quarter <laughs> They don't change. People are lazy, and we understand. We're in this field, and, and knee-jerk reactions get reactions. But, you know, people are really missing 
the good Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, Trevor looked just exactly like what we thought Trevor would look like on on Saturday night against Boston College. Just, I mean, 16 and 19, 275 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, He uses his legs again. He's got eight carries for 42 yards. Um, He just went out there, did his thing, had a a real easy day. I think two quarters and a fourth before, you know, Clemson pulls its starters. But uh, just a really efficient day for him, too. I think he had thrown – I can't remember if it was eight or nine passes, but it took eight or nine before he threw an an incompletion, which just speaks to how efficient he was. And no interceptions, which, you know, is is worth pointing out just considering what he's getting picked apart for these days. Um, Let's talk about the defense because – you wrote about this, um, and and once again, Brent Venables is I, – I don't know if it's possible to be underrated when you're Brent Venables, but we've spent so much of this season nationally talking about, like, Joe Brady at LSU and Alex Grinch at Oklahoma until this past weekend um, as these, Yikes. like, impact coordinators. And Brent Venables continues to do sort of magical things. I mean, I, I was blown away – by the rushing total um, for Boston College. This is, I, I'm, and Grace, you know this, I'm a huge A.J. Dillon fan. Yeah. It is hard, it is hard to hold him to just 76 yards and for the team to go under 100 after they just rushed, ran for whatever they wanted against NC State, another team that had had a pretty good rushing defense. So I was really blown away by the way that they were able to limit A.J. Dillon and Boston College in general on the raw, on the ground. Yeah, I think that was the story of Saturday night. I mean, you look at this Boston College team, and they rushed for 429 yards on NC State just a week ago. And then Clemson obviously holds them to 97. They were averaging 5.5 yards per rush coming into Saturday. Clemson holds them to 2.2 AJ Dillon, like you said, I mean, it's when you when you see AJ Dillon just in double digits and he hasn't crossed the 100 threshold, it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit just because of how how dominant he is. But I mean, just across the board, Clemson obviously knew if you're going to beat Boston College and you're going to control this game, you have to stop the run. But man, did they execute that perfectly? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at his stats. He had a tough game in that opener against Virginia Tech that they lost. Um, but or sorry, they won. Sorry, Ooh, both of those teams deserve to lose that one. Um, but he <laughs> he has not been held the, outside of that game. This was the lowest. He averaged four yards per carry, and that was that was the lowest on the season. He he'd been playing really well lately. You mentioned um, you know holding him under a hundred. He had had uh, five straight games over a hundred. He's coming off two twenty three against NC State. He, he's a great player, and, and he's one of the best running backs in the ACC and in the country. And so to me, like, we're looking at this point because there are not that many actually challenging teams on Clemson's schedule. I, I mean, I'm looking at challenging players, and right. to me, they stepped up and shut down a challenging player. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think that you can pick apart Clemson's schedule as a whole as much as you want to, and that's probably fair given what they're seeing down the stretch, but – they have seen some really good individual players. They've seen Sam Howell. They've seen A.J. Dillon. Um, they're, you know, they saw Cam Akers. Um, so, yeah, now when you look at the players they're shutting down and the way they're doing that, you're more inclined to say, okay, you know what, let's, uh, let's put the schedule questions aside for a second and realize that that was a really dominant performance against a really dominant football player. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that 
you know, you see Clemson, like, let's let's get to this poll conversation because we have talked about them dropping in the polls while being undefeated, while crushing teams. Um, and I just think it's, it's, it's kind of all interesting together because, listen, outside of Clemson, the ACC is a total mess. Like, I have no idea what's happening. Even now, it's beyond the coastal. We've infected <laughs> the Atlantic division as well. And... Like, it, it's just so hard, and they're getting – and, I mean, listen, it's fair that that voters are kind of dinging them for the quality of the league as a whole. That's okay. Um, but I, I, I still feel okay with them being at four. Like, I – to me, there have been teams that are playing better or have the maybe the resume that's more impressive, and you could justify voting for them higher. Like, I, I vote in the NFF Super 16. I, I vote for Ohio State number one this week. Fair. Yeah, I think. And you're not alone in that sentiment, very clearly. Yeah, and they're, and they're getting more and more first place votes. Um, LSU's gotten a ton because of the, you know, the, the opponents on their schedule that they've beaten as well. I'm still with you. We've talked about this. Alabama is super similar to Clemson this year. And for some reason, they're getting a boost that Clemson's not in terms of like the quality of the opponent. Um, but that'll all straighten itself out because they got that big game against LSU in two weeks. So that'll that'll straighten itself out a little bit. Um, but but I do think, you know, as we get closer to the college football playoff rankings, it's going to be interesting to see how the playoff committee views Clemson. If they're, you know, like us voters who are kind of reacting to, again, like that first quarter against Louisville versus quality of work and, you know, kind of when you watch Trevor on tape. I'll be curious to see how that shakes out. Yeah, I mean, I actually had a mailbag question about this Clemson-Alabama dynamic and in the polls and my take on it and I think Nicole I think we've talked about this um probably off air as well but to me it's like okay if you're gonna dock Clemson for style points you probably also need to dock Alabama for style points it seems a little bit like a double standard if you're keeping them at number one while demoting Clemson for the same reason but on the flip side of it I don't buy this narrative that Clemson deserves benefit of the doubt points because of what they did in January. I don't like this narrative that well Clemson should be given some grace points because look what they did, you know, in the national championship. I think we should we got to check that at the door and, and view this right. on a week by week basis. Right. And and that's and that's also part of this. And listen, this is always going to happen when you have humans voting in anything. Yes. But that to me is also a weird one because it's like you have people saying they're going to be number one because they're the defending champs until they lose. And it's like, but what's the point of playing the game? Like, right. why would that negate the whole purpose? You, yeah. Why would you not then evaluate who Ohio State's playing, who LSU's playing, what those teams look like, you know? And, and, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the quality of the opponents and look at Alabama's record to date, I mean, the best non conference game they had was Duke, who, just you know, had the right. weird jump pass and lost to Carolina. It's that was kind of so you know weird. middle, middle of the pack ACC Coastal. Uh, everyone's in the middle of the pack in the ACC Coastal. True, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you can't, you know, it's just like you're looking at these other opponents and and the the teams in the SEC. Like Arkansas is as bad a Power Five team as there is. Yeah, and just because they take care of business, don't have Tua, like. We're not hearing that same narrative that Clemson gets when they're playing teams near the bottom of their own conference. You're right. There's still some SEC bias and there's still some 
you know, I mean, and look, the top of the SEC is better than the top of the ACC. There's, I mean, we would be living in Candyland if we were in a situation right now where Clemson had an equivalent of LSU in the conference that right. Alabama does. So I, I can understand naturally being like, okay, the top of the SEC is really good. Again, we're dealing with humans here. But, yeah, the bottom of the SEC is not – any better I would think than the bottom of the ACC I don't know let's get that let's get that conference those conference matchups going I would love to see dumpster fire in the ACC versus dumpster fire in the SEC yeah and throw Rutgers in there coming off a big win for Liberty (laughs) your favorite my favorite team you know it's 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 I'm really glad that we got a Rutgers reference in our Clemson podcast I'm I'm really proud of you it just naturally just naturally came up but um but yeah I mean listen if you put the bottom of these teams in all of these power conferences against each other it would be a mess. And, you know, it's, it is it is a double standard. And I do think the SEC and their fan bases have done an incredible job of marketing and framing everything so that when someone loses to someone else in the SEC, it's a measure of, like, the strength of South Carolina, not Georgia, right. necessarily. <laughs> right. Whereas in every other league, it's, oh, man, maybe that team's not that good and that's a bad loss, right? So, you know, we're going to see how that shakes out with Oklahoma now coming off of their first loss. Um, and again, the way that they, it wasn't a blowout. They came back. Like it's going to look kind of respectable. Is that team going to be ranked that K state team? All of that's going to be interesting to see how they frame it. Um, but, but, but before we talk a little bit more nationally and kind of what's, what's left, I do want to get your thoughts about, um, about this. So when I was at BTN on Saturday, I was talking with Joshua Perry, who is a former Ohio state Buckeye. And he was on the 2014 national championship team and the 2015 team that next year, which to me was very similar to the way that we had expectations for Clemson. Like we thought that that team wasn't going to lose a game. Cardell Jones, JT bear embarrassment of riches, right? Like so many talented players, um, Ezekiel Elliott, you had just stars all over the place, tons of NFL talent on that team. And he was saying that that was a team too, where, they weren't beating people the way that everyone thought they were going to beat people. And they eventually like lost the number one ranking despite being undefeated. And I'm curious what you think about that comparison, because you, you remember the hype and the tension around that team and particularly the quarterback position. It was similar to Clemson this year. Yeah. I think that's a really accurate, probably very telling comparison. I mean, you look at Clemson, and it just feels like the same thing. It's uh, you get to this point where um, winning is not really enough. It's how you win, and what do you look like as you win? And you know the conversation that we talked about a lot was style points, and mm-hmm. um, I, I think it creates a lot of pressure for these teams and for these defending national champions. I think at the end of the day, they also. Um, would like to be in this situation. You know, you're not getting picked apart right, right. if you're not, you know, winning at the clip that the, both these two teams are winning. But it is something that you kind of forget, like, okay, these guys are, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old. And, and Clemson was even talking about that a little bit um, on Saturday night. I can't, I think it was Tony Elliott who was saying, look, like these guys have grown up in the world of social media. They have grown up in the world of the internet. Like, they they can do everything they can, obviously, to not let it affect them, but they see it and they hear it. And so um, that is a lot of pressure that I'm sure that Ohio State team dealt with in its own way as, as now Clemson is navigating, too. Yeah, and I think that that's it, – it's interesting in the context of the national picture, too, because, again, I voted for the Buckeyes. I think they're the most complete team in the country right now. 
and they have been tested in some games like Wisconsin. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at some of the scores from that season, and, you know, this is where that narrative was set. They, they go and play uh, Northern Illinois at home and only win by a touchdown. Then they play Indiana on the road and only win by a touchdown. And these are September games that set narratives and they're wondering are you playing the wrong quarterback and it's sort of the same exact sentiment with 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 Clemson where you're like oh well all of these insane skill position players are back the quarterback's back we're expecting them to play like they did in the national championship game every single week and that's really hard to do the one thing that Joshua brought up that you know is very important here is that team got derailed by Michigan State at home late November and that cost them the playoff and everyone on that team I think would still tell you like they think they're the best team in the country they think they could have won it all if they made the playoff and they 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 had that game and that was when Michigan State was a real thorn in their side Clemson doesn't have that on their schedule right right there's not a at this point if Clemson if Clemson loses and doesn't make the playoff it's not going to be because they got beat by a better team it's going to be because it's going to be a total fluke yes and we've seen that with other teams in the last years and and that's kind of wondering that's kind of why I wonder about this Oklahoma loss and you know they only dropped to number 10 in the poll which is fine because the poll is really hard this year like it's really hard to rank teams beyond like five or six Florida's number six in the country right now like, that, which is that's crazy. I mean, I they're just, not the six. They're not the sixth best team no. in the country. I don't even. I mean, I, I think you put them in. I guess top ten, but no. Yeah, not there's the just there's team. just no one that you're that confident in once you get past like five or six. Um, and it's so it's 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 interesting because you're thinking which leagues, which teams have margin for error. Does this bring Oregon and Utah back in the playoff picture? It does. Like there are gonna be one loss teams. But there are certain teams that are going to be able to withstand that because of the way that they lose and the teams they're losing to. And none of this changes the fact that Clemson has to go undefeated. Right. Agreed. Yeah. This team, I think, still has to. And and none of this also changes the fact, like, I don't know, there's been some, we've talked about this too, the argument on Twitter of, um, you know, do, Stephen A. asked Dabo this. I guess Feinbaum went, went on a little rant about it. Uh, you know, does an undefeated Clemson team still get in? Yes, of, of course. course. An undefeated course. Clemson team gets in. But they do, Ugh. I think, still have to go undefeated. Yeah, they do. I mean, that that question is just so ridiculous because we, we as like – I hate that the, question. Yeah. But as a college football collective and the people in power who made the playoff – are never going to set up a system where an undefeated Power 5 team would not make the playoff. Right. Winning a conference championship. Right. Um, so that's just that's just silly talk. But, I mean, if you, you know, you look at their schedule the rest of the way, I mean, Wofford, that's essentially a bye week. Um, NC State is not scary this year. You know, Wake has had a couple injuries, um, you know, but that's a good season for them. And then you got the South Carolina game, and there's just there's – there's not a ton of juice there. There's no opponent there that you could risk a loss. Um, and, you know, and, and, like, again, even, like, a South Carolina, an SEC team that's having a really interesting season, like, they basically already, I think, have knocked Georgia out of the playoff picture because it's just – it's not going to be the same quality of opponent – um, that you're able to weather. And so, you know, it's not like there's a Florida State team of a couple years ago or a Louisville team with Lamar Jackson. Um, there's just no quality loss for Clemson. No, there's not. And that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. 
that's just kind of the reality of the situation. And at this point, I mean, South Carolina will not would not be a quality loss either. Not that I think that Clemson will even come remotely close to losing to them, but they just got blown out, obviously, by Tennessee by 20 points. I don't know. The SEC East kind of reminds me a little bit of the Coastal. Like, what's going on there? Yes, yes. Um, it just doesn't have the branding and the love, the deep and the love, love that yes. we all have for the Coastal. <laughs> Um, but it's interesting, like, you know, I'm looking at the AP poll um, today, and it's LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. Like, I would take that playoff in a heartbeat. Same. I think that would be awesome I would take. I would take out, if you know, if you only take one SEC team, it's LSU or Alabama, plug Oklahoma, and they run the table the rest of the way. Like, I think there's some really great teams this year. So, you know, I want Clemson to be in that mix. I want them to make the playoff because I, that, I, I think they're one of those teams. We just haven't seen them in those moments because of their schedule. Right. I'm also very interested to see, does a one-loss um, Alabama or LSU team that is not a conference champion mm-hmm. get in over a one-loss Oklahoma team that mm-hmm. is a conference champion, but the loss obviously is way worse. Like, there's so many what-ifs now that mm-hmm. now yeah. it's kind of like – I'm very excited about these rankings next week. Me too. And, and, and you know, I, like, I'll go on rants. I don't like them. They're weekly. I think, you know, you it ends up you're sliding teams up and down. You're boxing yourself into things. But the first one I actually really like. I think it gives us a really good gauge Agreed. of how these teams are viewed. Um, and they have a new committee every year. So, like, it's it, it, there's some institutional knowledge and kind of, you know, what you've seen in precedent. But... You know, this will be the first good glimpse of that. And again, like, I, I don't think Clemson fans should freak out if they're not one or two. Um, I, I believe they'll be in the top four. So you're fine. As long as you're in the four, you're, you're okay. Right. Um, so we'll see. We'll have more to talk about next week. Um, and, you know, I think we can, uh, you know, we can tell our listeners that we are going to be doing probably some more interviews, just like CJ Spiller, because, you know, it, it, this team, you know, we're not going to need to detail a you know, really closely break down detail. That's not a word. Um, <laughs> we don't need to break down okay, tape and we don't need to. I know. I know. And I'm kind of sick. So, um, so we're going to get more conversation. So if you have any ideas of anyone you want to listen to anyone, you want us to call up and, and get their insight about these Clemson Tigers, the ACC as a whole, hit us up on Twitter. We're always open to suggestions. Um, Grace, before we go though, we got to give out our roses because like you said, it is Monday. Um, our honorary rose already, Hunter Renfro, like making an impact in the NFL. I know. Great I'm to so see him when I in the that. end zone. Yeah, great to see him in the end zone for the Raiders. Um, so obviously he earned his honorary rose. Uh, who will you give your rose to this weekend? Uh, this one was really hard because I like was like, should I just give it to the Coastal on principle? Should I give it to Dabo Sweeney for his Apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur singing after the press conference on Saturday. I mean, maybe. Should I give it to the Belk Bowl, who, like, I kind of trolled and then they trolled me back on Twitter, which was awesome. <laughs> Did you see what they said back to me? Uh, no, I saw your tweet to them. What did okay, they say back so, to you? So they tweeted, like, Clemson, Alabama, Belk Bowl, anyone? And I was, and I was like, just being a smart aleck, and I quote tweeted, and I said, um, literally no one. And then they responded to me, and they said, Kale is bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I started DMing yes. with the belt full and I was like, oh my gosh, I actually really love you guys. And I was just kidding. I would like, I, I would actually love for the belt bowl to maybe be a playoff bowl, even though it probably never happened. I that they uh, did not back down from that kale take. Because... No, they didn't. It was okay. great. Yeah. So me and the belt bowl are like siblings now. And I was, uh, it was, it was, a gr- and I was DMing them at four in the morning, which made it all the weirder. So um, so you were you were essentially sliding into the Belk Bowl's DMs at pretty four much, in the yeah. morning on a I Saturday went, night. I, I like channeled Pac-12 after dark energy and was DMing <laughs> with the Belk Bowl. <laughs> so oh my God. shout out to the Belk Bowl. Um, but so they get like another honorary rose. But since we are talking Clemson football, I'm going DeAndre Overton. Just this is a guy that very very easily could have been in the transfer portal. Um, he has, you know, three touchdowns on Saturday night, three catches for 119 yards. He scored every time he caught the ball. Um, just, you know, just a good story about a senior sticking it out and, and getting his time when he very easily could have left this program. Okay. Well, my, um, my, my rose, I, I would love to give it to something related to this game, but I um, really need to give it to Sudafed powering me through the week. <laughs> The weekend that was, it is that time of year where the seasons are changing, it is is cold, it is wet, it is rainy, and I am getting knocked on my back on the couch by this cold. So, shout out to Sudafed, the kind that you have to show your ID for, the, like, extra strength kind. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah, they don't give it to you at CVS. Yeah, yeah, the good kind. The other kind isn't as strong. So, when you're actually sick, you gotta get to, you gotta go to the pharmacy, like, the actual pharmacy counter to get the good stuff and I got the last the last box so shout out to Sudafed if they want to sponsor our podcast we are open to that because they are literally the only thing that's keeping me afloat right now so shouts to them but also the belt bowl I think I think the belt bowl deserves an honorary rose for that for the kale take I seriously love the belt bowl so much now and I love Charlotte so if they actually were to ever if Clemson were to actually play in a legitimate bowl the reason why I trolled them was because like you know the belt bowl is not usually very competitive so it would have to be a situation where like the belt bowl somehow becomes a playoff bowl then Do I'm all you in. remember when the belt bowl Twitter account did a sports writer um was it like it was like a best dress sports writer bracket? No. Did they? Oh well, my gosh. This is the best Twitter account ever. Yours truly was a finalist. Um, and Were lost you? To Sam Khan, which, fair, he is a very sharp dresser. Uh, <laughs> Dang, you were finalist. So, Good for you. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Belt Bowl and I go way back as well. So, they oh definitely deserve gosh. an honorary rose this week um, just for being a delight and one of the only good things about Twitter.com. delight. You need to come now to, because um, let's face it, Clemson will be in the ACC championship. You should come down. Me, you, and the Belk Bowl can all go get dinner. Yes. Yes. Or do you think we just need to go to, like, Belk? Like, and go shopping? <laughs> that would be, yeah, we could do that too. Dabo Sweeney was also wearing, that's how this whole thing came up. He was wearing this pink blazer on Saturday night for breast cancer awareness and he was going on this very mini tangent about how it was $49 and he loves Belk, but he doesn't want to play in their bowl because people would be mad at him if he was playing in the mm, Belk Bowl. Gotcha. Well, they get an honorary rose. They got DMs. You slid into their DMs at four in the morning. So I think they had a very good consolation prize. And on that note, because we can not top that <laughs> because we love you to the Belk Bowl. Um, we will wrap this up. We will be back for subscribers only, our bonus episode for Inside the Athletic app on Thursday. Um, we'll be back with more Protect the Rock. But until then, enjoy your week. 
Enjoy Hunter Renfro. Read Grace's great feature on him from the offseason if you haven't yet, and we will talk to you soon.